previously on Partnership Vision Podcast. Going on the notes, I have here a quick breakdown of weaknesses and vulnerabilities that can be exploited by adverse influences. These are like basically the key issues, kind of the main things in us and about us that will open us up to the brainwashing that comes against us. And, you know, with that also a solution to try to cover that issue, you know, and cover that key area that's like a portal for brainwashing. Veni, Vinny, Amari. We came, we saw, we loved. Welcome to the Partnership Vision Podcast. Where we discuss how to have a relationship full of unity, trust, fun, and fulfillment. We'll be sharing the rewards of preparing yourself for your best partner and being your best for them. I like And the fourth point of what can be a vulnerability to brainwashing, a tendency to react instead of responding, allowing emotions to control how we choose to frame things. So I have some examples here. Like if we have a tendency to become enamored by someone, which is, you know, basically if you really like them, you know, they, they get a crush on them or whatever. And so you have a desire to like them because of their appearance or the impression that you have of them it can be very easy to be seduced by them it can be very easy to just want to paint whatever they're saying as positive and as being right and and you know just we just want to be agreeable with those that we like you know with those that we think are are cute or pretty or we like their style or we have a little crush on them we just we become more susceptible we come, become more easily seduced easily influenced by them if we're prone to take offense and get angry then we can be steered to react by having our anger used as a pressure point if we get fearful someone can use our fears against us by manipulating our desire to find safety so the solution is our emotions should be treated as one of our sources of input and given respect as one of the counselors we allow while partnering with them with careful analysis and prayer. We can't rule out our emotions and act like they're unimportant, but we also can't allow them executive power in our decision-making. Practicing self-awareness and learning to recognize and process our emotions, but not react out of them, is the only way to gain self-control so that we can't be controlled by others. Which especially under the influence of my abductor, all I knew was emotions. They were always extreme emotions, whether, you know, you're doing something to intentionally just make me really happy so that way I'd, I'd do something he wanted or something make me very angry or upset, fearful or depressed to then keep me in submission. And then later on, you know, once I moved away from him and people were asking me questions, for one, I didn't know what, what actually truly happened to me. I was still underneath his influence and... I had no way to analyze anything. I didn't have any tools to analyze with. So I couldn't, for one, tell anybody what really happened to me because I, di I didn't know myself. And two is asking me different questions in different various ways that were rather pointed and overly pointed that would just make me angry and upset that much more or 
it was the mass confusion of it all and not knowing what to think and not feeling safe. And basically, he put you on an emotional roller coaster ride that was totally out of control so that you couldn't stop and think and process things. And also, it puts you in the habit of staying on the emotional roller coaster ride because that's what you're constantly exposed to, what you're constantly in. You then kind of lose, even if you had the ability, you had the practice, it atrophies to where you can no longer step outside of the emotions and be like, hang on a second, what's really going on here? Aside from what I feel right now, what's really happening here? What's going on here? And he was basically eroding your ability to do that and keeping you constantly guessing and unbalanced by all these emotional highs and lows and all over the place. Unpredictability was his game. So we don't let emotions make the decisions for us. You know, we let emotions be a valid input and be signals, but then we work and we interpret and we process those emotions and work on our decision-making, work on through analysis and good counsel and ultimately, most importantly, prayer and connection with God to lead us into the best direction for our life. Yeah, emotions are kind of like a submarine radar. So you're feeling sad. It's, it's bleeping. It's right there. It's a red dot. Well, okay, where is that red dot? What's causing that red dot? And what's the severity of that red dot? Is it truly a friend or a foe? And so emotions are the thought provokers, the question originators, to where, like Sean was saying, we start analyzing, we start praying and confronting them with a rational mind, with a peaceful mind, and staying balanced. And I mean, that's another thing too of me back then is I didn't know how to pray. You know, I knew how to ask for forgiveness and please Lord help this country or save this person or heal this wound. But I didn't know the power of prayer. I didn't know just how personable I could get with God. I didn't know anything. You know, again, it's just ignorance just kept really kicking me left and right. And so the fifth major area that we can have as an open door to brainwashing is in the whole vicinity of unmet needs, strong desires that we have, or appetites that aren't being fulfilled. And some examples of that, if we're suffering from loneliness or isolation, someone can use the carrot of connection, friendship, or romance. If we feel unappreciated or unvalued, a manipulator could offer us flattery and wrongly intentioned praise, giving us attention we crave to capture our trust and loyalty. If we have a strong sexual appetite or desire some other addictive or ecstatic experience or substance, a seducer may offer the things we aren't getting and seduce us into a place of vulnerability to them, even to the point of dependency. You know, they become the drug dealer, basically. Even the desire just to feel good and escape bad feelings can be manipulated through lying promises. And the answer to these vulnerabilities is dependent on the phase of a person's life. You know, it can be a situation requiring reevaluation, recognizing that what we are wanting is out of context for our life and not a primary value we should be allowing to guide us. For example, a desire for sex or alcohol should not be overriding more important things like meaningful relationships, a healthy and happy life doing things that are fulfilling with people that we love. Sometimes the need is completely legitimate. 
and we need to take positive steps to fill in the void or to prepare ourselves so that we can hold out for a real solution instead of a counterfeit. Either way, we need to have a serious look at what is driving us and be realistic about what we really need and what has been overblown by desire. We need to take positive action to fill the gap of consuming desires through focusing on doing what is definitely good for us and not putting the cart before the horse on issues that will have their own fitting time and place. And exactly. I didn't feel understood. I didn't really feel completely respected or valued in the right way. I didn't really feel just wanted by certain people because of all the rejection and abandonment I had. And... And to add on to that sometimes too, it can even be that they might, and like as in my case, love you really well, but because of your lack of, again, building a good self-image, your lack of learning how to receive love and how to really see yourself correctly, it just never seems like it's enough. It never really gets to you, even though they're telling you you're smart, even though they're telling you you're beautiful, even though they're telling you they love you and you know, you're so amazing. It's like it just falls on deaf ears. It's like you never heard them say it. Exactly, because you don't know how truly valued you are in Christ and how he values you. So therefore, if you don't understand love from that perspective, you're not going to get love in other ways either. So somebody can literally be loving you or literally pouring the right kind of stuff into you. But if you don't know how to receive it properly, if you don't know how to affirm it yourself and take it into yourself, then you're still going to be looking around for love potentially in all the wrong places. And it's kind of like water off of a duck's back and just rolls, like Sean was saying, it rolls right off. And you might feel like, oh, well, that's sweet in the, in the moment. But that's as far as it goes. It doesn't compute. It doesn't even register in your mind and therefore doesn't register in your heart. And you think the person's just being nice. Like they have to be nice. You know, they're, that's what they're supposed to say. So then when you're feeling that you're unloved or people don't think well of you, you know, you don't have that sense of affirmation when you're lacking that qualitative relationship, feeling fulfilled and in connection with someone else and feeling like good about yourself, feeling like the things that you need, because these are human needs. And so that's what it comes right down to. When you have this human need that's not being met, that's something that could be exploited. And something you deeply want that you're not getting, that's something that could be exploited. And at the time I felt controlled and restricted and not heard. So when, you know, somebody's actually listening and not negating what I'm saying, not saying, oh, that's just so stupid. You know, you're being silly. Stop being silly. Or you're just being too sensitive. What do you, why do you feel this way? You're not, that person is not trying to understand. They're just putting their own feelings on top of what you're trying to explain. And they're making it about them. Yeah. Making it about them. I mean, it's like, so, okay. So you feel like I'm being too, too sensitive, but you're not trying to even ask what's going on, even though you feel that I'm being that way. You're not asking questions. You're just already saying what's going on. You're not trying to understand. And so somebody comes in who's being all, oh, yeah, and understanding and affirming and, you know, oh, yeah, you're right. And it's, it's just uh, flattery. You know, like the reality is... I think a lot of times we, we like to think of ourselves as being above flattery and being smarter than that or whatever. But a lot of times, well-aimed praises, well-aimed 
you know, affirmation of what we think of our own thoughts and our own opinions and likes and dislikes and whatnot can get right under our radar and get us to where, you know, we get more and more wrapped around somebody's finger because we like that affirmation. We like them agreeing with us and thinking that we're cool and, and, you know, saying positive things about us and whatnot. And, you know, we want that, we crave that. It can be a drug to get people's praise and affirmation and flattery. So it's a danger and we have to work around it. We have to deal with it by getting what we really need in our life, getting the genuine. And sometimes it's not a matter of it lacking again outside of us. It's a matter of us needing to learn how to receive it from where it is around us. If you kind of look at these things, it's kind of like a bait and switch. Kind of like Hotel California is like, oh, you can check in any time you like. And, you know, you're being welcomed and all these other things. You can come in, you know, hey, mi casa es su casa. But you can never leave. Yeah. And then a lot of times, too, it's a misplacing kind of a thing. Like we're looking to somebody else to meet a need that really is either our own job or actually something we're supposed to be getting from God. You know, we're supposed to be working on our own self-image with God. We can't let somebody else define what gives us a self-image. Like we, we should not be running our self-image on having to have constant praise as like the fuel, you know, having somebody constantly say, oh, you did a good job or whatever. We r- always need affirmation of others just to feel good about ourselves, just to see ourselves in a good way. Well, then we're dependent, you know, we're like a junkie for praise and for somebody's affirmation or laudation or whatever. And where we really need to be is in a place of, first of all, of knowing for ourselves that we're valuable, knowing for ourselves what what we're worth and that we are intrinsically valuable. And then being able to be proud of our own accomplishments and what we do that's right and, and what's good. Being able to forgive ourselves of things that we have done wrong and things that we, you know, just mistakes or whatever and the things that we've, we're growing past. But then receiving from God his affirmation of who he says that we are and that he's proud of us, that he loves us because he's a loving father and he wants to dote on us and he wants to tell us what he thinks and how he feels about us. He's got more good thoughts toward us than there are grains of sand in all the beaches of the world. And all we need to do is open our heart up to him. Let him speak into us. Let him say, you know, you did a good job there, son, you know, or I love this about you or that about you. And we can get filled up on the inside and know that we're not just lost, you know, in life and not, not, or am I doing a good job at life or not? You know, I'm stressed out and I'm afraid. I don't know if I'm doing what I should be doing. I don't know where this is all going. It doesn't have to be that way. You can have the peace that God gives you. If you hear his voice, if you get into a place of receiving from him, what he has to say about you for who you are. And so there's a right way to fill these needs is really the demonstration we're making here. There's a right way to fill these needs. There's a right way to fill these desires. And sometimes there are things that we need to wait for the right context, the right time. If you want to have sex, you need to wait until you find the right person who is meant to be with you the rest of your life and wait until you get married to them so that you know for a fact that you are both in this for life. You both have a shared vision. You have a shared purpose. And it's more than just meeting that one desire, meeting that one craving that you have. 
We all have it. We all have cravings and desires. Most of us want a chocolate bar. Most of us want an ice cream. You know, we want some kind of weakness for one kind of sweet or another. But should we be eating it all the time? No. You know, should we put out the more important things in life to go get a candy bar? No. You need to have control in your life over your desires and the things that you want because it's not always for your best. You know, we recognize that. We, you know, we, a lot of times we don't want to work out, but you know what? We do anyway because it is best for us. And at the end of the day, after it's all said and done, we are better for the fact that we put in that effort and we worked out. And life is more enjoyable for being willing to deal with that discomfort of not getting to do the thing that we wanted to do more and instead doing the thing that was really good for us, was really best for us, delayed gratification and choosing to do the right thing even when it's not easy. That's very important and that will protect you, that will guard you because people who are manipulators and are brainwashers, they will prey upon your desires. They will prey upon what you want and what you think you want right now and will seemingly offer it and it's just bait. It's just bait so they can hook you. And like Brandy said, you don't you don't get to leave. <laughs> you think you can just get what you want and then go, but nope, they're not really there for that. They're not really doing that just to make you happy. You know, they have an agenda. They have a purpose for what they're doing and you got hooked. So be mindful of that. Be aware that's a major opening for where brainwashing comes in is giving you something that you want and giving you something that you need or think that you need so that you become dependent and vulnerable to them completely at their mercy of which they probably have none actually This podcast is a part of our ministry partnership vision, which is dedicated to youth and young adults who are in need of support, wisdom, or healing so that they can live their best life with the people they're meant to be a part of. You can help support us by sharing our show with others directly, posting about us or reposting on social media, or by donating to us financially through our donorbox.org link, which you can find in the description for this episode. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us where the heart is heard. Partnership Vision Ministries. Stay driven by love. So you can wreck all the fear. You can check us out on Instagram at Partnership Vision Ministries. Or on Facebook on Partnership Vision Ministries page. And even Twitter at PVisionM. Y'all come back now, you hear?